Right now on Tech Radio, dark times ahead in the form of Black Friday. Hi, I'm Artemis. I am a computer-generated AI voice, and you're listening to Tech Radio. Every week online and on air with RT Radio, we bring you the very latest in tech. Our show this week is brought to you in association with Fit.ie, a fast track into information technology apprenticeship program, which we'll be chatting about a little bit later. For now, you're welcome to episode 995. This week, we're looking at two very different phones. One has got a brilliant screen and camera. The other is a smarter, smarter, smart smartphone with no screen at all. We'll be checking that out and also sharing a great way to get into the tech industry with you. So let's get on with it. This is Tech Radio with Dusty Rhodes and Niall Kitson. Joining us as always is our editor-in-chief, Niall Kitson. Niall, we're going to be talking about the, the Google phone, an amazing phone that I have found, which is unlike anything you've ever seen or heard of. All right. Uh, I also want to have a chat about uh, Black Friday. But first, have you been getting the messages, the messages of doom from Facebook and Instagram, updating your choice? Updating our choices. Well, this is the interesting thing. I mean, Facebook have come out and they've said, okay, uh, you can use this for free with ads or without ads for $12.99. a month, isn't it? It's something like that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's like 150 quid a year for Facebook. Hello. <laughs> Come on, like. <laughs> so um, I think this is, this is just a gesture. They are not expecting to make any money off this of membership tier whatsoever. The reason they have introduced it, and we all know this, is because not having something like this is what cost them 1.3 billion euro in Europe earlier this year because their argument for um, why they should be allowed to use behavioral advertising, um, which uh, Europe said, no, you can't do. Uh, Facebook and our very own Data Protection Commissioner um, said, well, hang on, in the terms and conditions that you agreed to, it said, blah, 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 blah you know, you will be used for. And because he signed off on it, it amounts to a contract, uh, a contract of service. Europe said that's a load of nonsense. People didn't think that's what they were signing up for. Um, We don't like it. It's not clear and obvious what people were signing up for. Uh, You've got to stop that. Uh, And by the way, here's a massive fine. Stop doing it. Um, So now they've, they've tweaked their terms and conditions you can have ads, you can go ad free and they know exactly what everyone is going to do. They're going to yeah. stick with the ads and they're just going to keep doing what they but were doing, you, only they won't get fined. And in classic Facebook stroke Instagram fashion, they're doing it bottom ways. I want to say arse ways, but I'm just going to stick with bottom and be polite. Um, because okay. out of this is this is what annoys me with their messaging and their communication more than anything else. Okay. You mm. log on as you always do onto your Facebook app or the Facebook website. And all of a sudden now this big sign comes up and says, mm. you need to make a decision now. Yeah. All right. There's no, this is coming or you need to think mm. about this or next week you're going to have to. It's like you out of the blue for most people, because I've had a few people say it to me. You need to make a decision about this now. And of course, the first option is. You can have ad-free Facebook for twelve ninety nine a month, and everybody's going to go, "Ah, twelve ninety nine a month! What's this all about?" Or you can give us all of your data 
All right. <laughs> and you can have it for free. They don't actually say, we already have all your data. This is the way it's been working for years. Do you want to continue as is? No, yeah. they, they make it sound like kind of you're giving your data. And then, and here's what what kind of annoys me in a little bit, is uh, you cannot go on to use it until you make a choice. And they haven't put the all important third choice in there. Delete my account. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Well, that's, that's what I one. want to do. I want to delete my account. How can I delete my account without either paying twelve ninety nine? for the first month in order to get in to delete my account or by agreeing to give them my data that they can use, which is the whole reason I'm deleting my account. Well, you've got a case there, Dusty. <laughs> Let's not talk about it anymore. Because Bring out you your know pockets, what? Facebook. In the grand <laughs> scheme of things and what's important and what's not important, this definitely falls into the latter. What's more important is Amazon, uh, who actually do make an improvement in our lives. We've got Black Friday, uh, <laughs> Black Friday. This is getting ridiculous, right? It's next week is Thanksgiving. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. Uh, so Black Friday mm -hmm. is actually Friday week, uh, whereas it's starting this weekend and it's going to run for, I think, two weeks. Yeah. Well, there's different variations on Black Friday as well. I mean, uh, over here, you might find things like, you know, black ticket sales or black tag sales or whatever. Black, black Just, whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, the whole point of Black Friday is it's basically the Stevens Day sales only for Americans because that's when that's when and, their shops and, open and after the rest of Thanksgiving. The and now the rest of the world. But like we've got Black Friday, we've got Cyber Monday, we've got Singles Day in China, uh, which is uh, early December. Yeah, uh, we're huge. hanging on to the 7th of December, by the way. We're keeping what's, it old school in Ireland. What's the 7th of December? That's... Okay, is that the day I before the Is that the day before the 8th of December? Culture Day in Dublin. You said it. You said the words. <laughs> You said it. What is the eighth? The eighth of December is. Uh, this is terrible because I knew it when I was growing up because it was beaten into me. Uh, but it is a holy day. Is the eighth of December, and traditionally it was a day off for school. And traditionally, this is when people would travel to their nearest city, not just Dublin. Um, and it would be a big shopping day on the eighth of December. So you're right. Black Friday is the is the eighth of December. It's the American equivalent of it. Yep. Yeah. Only we didn't have sales for it. No, we didn't. But. I always watch Black Friday. I'll tell you, there's two things I learned about Black Friday over the last couple of years is, firstly, the things that I am looking at, okay, mm -hmm. uh, and be that electronic equipment or whatever, just household stuff or just, what do you know, or gadgets that I want for myself, rarely do they go on sale on Black Friday. Mm. What I find the best deals on Black Friday are with anything to do with Amazon. So if you want to get a, a Fire Stick or you want to get one of their Blink cameras or you want to get an Echo or a Kindle or something like that, great deals on all of those things. Like really amazing deals, down to like 50% off, that kind of stuff. Roku do uh, 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 good deals as well. Um, batteries is another thing that you get good deals on uh, and stuff like that. So it's worth getting in and, and having a gander at that. But you found a couple of other uh, good deals as well, haven't you, for Christmas? I did. Now, problem with Black Friday sales is that everything varies by retailer. So it's kind of unfair to go rooting around for Black Friday things because none of the prices are, are you know, centrally managed. So this goes by, you know, we're, we're assuming we can get you in the door to get something with Black Friday 
tag on it or whatever mm. uh, and hope that you stick around to buy something else that's full price. Mm. Um, it's good, good consumer, uh, good consumer psychology going on there. Um, but uh, I went on to Curry's, um, seeing as, you know, they're one of the few actual tech retailers left in this country, um, certainly, you know, chain wise. And uh, I actually found a couple of things that, that were really, really good. Um, uh, for example, uh, if you're looking for a set of headphones, noise cancelling headphones, which I think a lot of us still are or have worn mm. through our first COVID set and are now, you know, kind of on the lookout for another one. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I use a Bose Quiet Comfort, uh, which is a wireless uh, set of headphones. They, they, they either have Bluetooth or they've got their own dongle thing as well. Um, mm. re- they're really easy to set up. They're really, really good quality as well. And they've got a nice app to control them. Um, I found them for 349 euro, which is a saving of 80 euro. That's not wow. bad at all. That's yeah. 20%. Yeah, that's not bad at all. So uh, then I went looking for some savings that were slightly more generous. Um, I found a HP uh, 15.6 inch laptop using an Intel Core i7 processor, 512 gig SSD. Uh, 599 euro. Wow. That is. Wow. That's very good. And, and the reason I say, wow, that's good is because it's got a, an i7 in there. Yeah. And it's got a very reasonably sized uh, SSD. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, 250 euro off the, the regular list price. That's pretty good. And the last mm. one I'll mention again, because I'm talking retailer specific and, you know, I, I don't really want to do that. I just want to give a, an overview of the yeah. kind of value that's out there. Um, there's a Lenovo Yoga Slim, a 14 inch laptop with a core i5, uh, 512 gigs, uh, SSD, 599 euro, saving of 300 euro. So that's the kind of deals that are out there. For the love of God, if you go somewhere and they're saying Black Friday deals, find out what the price was beforehand, because a lot yeah. of places aren't posting them. And if you're particularly canny, um, maybe during the year is an exercise for during the year, really, because as we know, things start kind of reasonably competitive and the prices sort of trend upwards ever so slightly. Because when Black Friday comes around, they plummet. Yeah, yeah. Plummet in inverted commas back to the price that they were in July anyway. Yeah. Um, If you're shopping on Amazon, look at uh, camelcamelcamel.com and you can actually put in the exact item you're looking at and it will track, it tracks the prices of all items on Amazon. So you can kind of see, well, what price is it today? What price was it last week? What price was it in July? To see if you're actually getting a saving or not. What's that website? a camel 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 dot com. Okay, you weren't stuttering there or anything. It's it's no, I wasn't. Stuck. It's, 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 I'll tell you I'll, if you if you want a really good website name, take something, uh, one word, and repeat it three times. Okay, okay, okay. Very good. <laughs> Let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast, mm. uh, which is smartphones, because you have been uh, playing around with the uh, latest Pixel, uh, mm. the Pixel A Pro. Now, I'm kind of interested to hear what you think about it, because I, you know I salivate at the thought of new phones and smartphones and what I can do and putting it through. Whereas you're kind of a little bit more uh, laid back. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm a bit more pragmatic because how many pragmatic, smartphones? have we been hit with over the years? And we're, you know, the subtext behind each launch is, you know, you're you're going to upgrade probably every three years. 
I think that's generally in the background. The, mm. uh, the, the vendors expect you to upgrade every three years, um, which I think is a bit um, presumptuous. I mean, my last but one, my phone before the one I'm using now, I had for seven years. Uh, it was an iPhone 7. And oh. it's still a fantastic piece of kit. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's still moseying along, happy as you like. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, that time has time has come. Um, I have a, a Huawei Mate Pro 10, Mate 10 Pro. And um, it's I'm starting to get, uh, you know, messages on it saying this, uh, this browser is not supported anymore. So, you know, that's sort of an enforced... Um, uh, we call it retirement going on there. Um, yeah. So it, it, things like that really annoy me. Um, but at home, we've got a, an iPad that, again, it's it's getting old. Old Yeller is going to have to be retired. Um, but that's that's just the way things. But anyway, what do I think of the Pixel 8 Pro? Um, I like it very, very much. Thank you. Um, hey, let's let's get into some, um, some uh, hardware. Yeah. How's that sound? Go on, yes. Don't oh. give me facts and figures, though. All right. Okay. Right. Okay. Well. Okay. Here's the two <laughs> things that stood out to me, and not Go in the on. facts and figures, uh, not Go so on. much in the figures end of things. Okay. Um, it is doing two things that are really interesting and related to the point that uh, I made earlier. Google has come out and said, if you buy this, you are getting guaranteed seven years worth of support for Android and security updates. Seven years. Okay. Guaranteed. Brilliant. Right? Brilliant. Excellent. So you, and, you know, realistically, you probably get a little bit more action with that, but, you know, yeah. straight I, out the I, box. I like that. Okay. And and I like that from the fact that I, I like to have a modern phone. Okay. So mm. I will be one of these who after every two years will change. Okay. Yeah. But, the phone gets handed down to somebody else and it'll either be, mm. you know, kind of like a parent or it'll be a child or a cousin, nephew or whatever. It does get reused again. And, you know, it's we're in an age now where we're all thinking about recycling and making the most out of things. So that's fine. For nerds like me who need to have the latest, I'll, I'll have the latest, all right? But when I'm yeah. finished with it after two years, it's good to know that it will still be good and useful and productive for somebody else. So that seven years is fantastic. What else? Yeah. Uh, and the next thing worth talking about it is the introduction of generative AI. So we've got, uh, you know, a good sustainability option, generative mm. AI, and it's starting with Android 14. So, mm. you know, that little bit of sort of, I, I, I suppose, I suppose Android 14 doesn't really um, count as future proofing, really, seeing as it's just the current version. But um, the, its predecessor, the 7, uh, came with Android 13 upgradable to 14. So this is uh, sort of coming coming with 14 straight out of the box again. So mm. compared to last year's model, uh, roughly the same dimensions, uh, 162.6 times 76.5 times 8.8 millimeters. It's pretty much the same. Uh, weight, it is slightly heavier um, by one gram. So, you know, call the police. Um, it upgrades the <laughs> glass on the front. It is now Victus 2 instead of Gorilla Glass Victus uh, 1. Uh, okay. Nano Sims and E Sims, which is fine. It is something very interesting to me, anyway. It no longer has connectivity to Edge. 
Oh, it's just it's all 4G and and, and upwards, is it? Yeah, yeah. GSM, okay, HSPA, cool. LTE and 5G. So, yeah, the, the, it's, you know, it's a new world. We can we can stop. It's you a know. new world. Listen, yeah. how does it back to away from the, the numbers, but um, how, how does it feel in your in, in your pocket when you're using it? Just on uh, a feeling point of view. Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty sturdy. It's mm-hmm. got a 6.7 inch screen, so it is quite large. Um, but I mean, but do you find it too big? Do you? I, I'm used to a smaller phone in general, but mm-hmm. I've, I'm actually finding this quite comfortable because I see what I'm meant to be doing with it. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if something mm-hmm. doesn't connect with you, if you're given a large piece of hardware, you're like, there's all this space or all this weight that isn't being used. Like why I don't like it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mm. everything seems to justify its place uh with the um 8 pro so i like it uh for that reason like i understand why it's the size it is you know like yeah. this thing has more ram and storage than an than an awful lot of laptops <laughs> on laptops, the market yeah <laughs> you know true like 12 yeah. gigs of ram and 1 terabyte of storage at the top end i mean come on like that's that's insane but uh, it is actually there you go. So one thing that they add, uh, well, I mean, two things that we have to talk about seeing as it's Pixel is a screen, which is mm. absolutely stunning. It is an excellent screen. Um, and when you're talking about the screen, what naturally follows is cameras. And yeah, everybody knows that the Pixels are known for two things. One, basic, no bloatware version of Android. And two, an excellent camera on the off chance that basic Android holds no, uh, no appeal for you whatsoever. Um, can I, can the- I ask you about this then? All right. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that all of these cameras on all of these smartphones, but particularly with the Pixel 8 Pro, right? Mm. It's a case of a professional photographer would love it because mm. it's able to do boom, 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 this, that, and the other. And you can focus in and you can take things out and then you can afterwards, you can edit out things and you can replace things. And Like it's just, if if you are somebody who's into photography, it is amazing, all right? But I don't know, if I, I'm guessing that you're more like me where you want to take, you know, the occasional picture of your cat and send it to your mother. So oh, yeah. Th- yeah. Th- how is the camera in that circumstance? Does it impress you or is it just, yeah, it's a camera, so what? Well, it's it's impressive because the screen kind of sells it as being impressive, if you know what I mean. Like if the picture you take looks fantastic when you look back at it, there you go. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a combination of vote of confidence in your uh, photography skills uh, and also, you know, the quality of the phone. I mean, you've got um, uh, a module on the back with three lenses on it, which is kind of the, the standard now. It's got a 50 megapixel wide, 48 mm-hmm. megapixel telephoto, 48 megapixel ultra wide. But they've also got this special, well, special, a different kind of autofocus called phase detection autofocus. And basically, it's just really fast autofocus. So if okay. you're taking a picture uh, moving, at speed or anything like that yeah you're it's gonna focus that much quicker so that's kind of cool it also it's also got that sort of a, a nice little best take function uh and it's got hdr which um i'm still after all these years a little bit on the fence about uh hdr there's just something 
just something too perfect about it. I like I like my I like things that have a little bit of a rough edge around that's them, a little bit of humanity, you're, you're, you know? You're an analog dude, that's why. You like that little uh, fuzzy motion blur, don't you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you, I was watching I was watching a DVD yeah. of something that was shot on 16 millimeter film the other day. So, you know, uh-huh. that's that's how retro I am. Uh, um, okay, great. It's like when, when 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 HD television came out first, like, you know, people were kind of yeah. looking at it, it was all in its 1080p glory as it was at yeah. the time. And people were going, <laughs> close up of faces of actors in, in, in Coronation Street or reading the news and they go, ooh, <laughs> that's yeah. a bit too clear. <laughs> you can see the lines, you can see the pores. <laughs> you can see it's, things you don't want to see. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of that, but overall, uh, the you think that it takes significantly better pictures in your everyday life that impressed you. I do, and one thing that it, it uh, managed to uh, get rid of, I suppose, compared to what I was used to doing, is just managing light conditions. You know, mm. I didn't experience any sort of halloing or any sort of uh, overexposure or anything like that. Uh, I found it to be a fairly Fairly smart camera uh, delivering really good results. The generative AI stuff is very interesting. Um, it will basically let you cut somebody out and do Photoshop stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, on it's, your phone. It's, it's you know, phenomenal, uh, isn't it? Up to and including removing people from pictures. So, you know, the, the era of the photobomb uh, is over thanks to generative AI. So there you go. Well, listen, I have a, a new phone that has just come onto the market now. It's only in the States. It's not here in Europe or, or in Ireland just yet. Um, right. But it is, it's the first time when it comes to phones that I've kind of gone, wow, that's oh. different. Because we've had smartphones for a long time. We've had the candy bar shape for a long time, okay? So we've had mm. the iPhone for a long time. and like, Everything seems to be an improvement and, and nothing we... Even recently when Samsung came out with the Fold, it was kind of like, oh, okay, so it's a folding phone. But other than that, it's, it's still the same, right? There's a new phone been launched in the, in the States this week. It's not even called a phone. They're calling it an AI pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the best way I can describe this to you, okay, because it's just so alien to being like a phone, it's like a little cube um, that you would stick onto your jacket like it was a wireless microphone or something like that, mm. or like it was a pen that you were sticking into a pocket. It's just a, a, a little thing and it sits there, a little square thing, and that's it. That's your phone. There is no screen. Yeah. Okay. So how you interact with it, there's two ways and both of them one of them will kind of go, okay, I get it. And the second one you, will blow your mind, all right? So the general way that you interact with this phone is you press it and you talk to it because it's all AI, okay? So mm-hmm. you would press it and you say, hi, uh, can you tell me if there's a whatever pizza place near me, okay? And it will know your location and it will know your preferences and stuff like that. And the AI within it will say, yeah, there's a blah, blah, Domino's uh, around the corner. Uh, just keep going straight and take the second left. That's amazing. Um, you can tap it and you can say, send a text to Niall and say, I'm going to be late for recording uh, uh, the podcast this week because of blah, 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 whatever. And it'll say, Okay, I'm going to send a text to Niall and it reads out the text it's going to send and it goes, is this okay? And you go, yes, and off, and, and it sends it. It's fantastic. Uh, obviously, you know, if you want to call people, you just say, yep, yeah, make a call to call mom. 
whatever. And, and off it goes. Uh, so it does all that. Uh, if you want to find out what the news is or ask it about the news. Do you know what I mean? So instead of mm-hmm. looking things up, you will actually press it and you would kind of go, what's the score in the Liverpool Man United match happening right now? And it will give you an answer. So it's that kind of a, a thing. And I kind of went, wow, that's everything that my smartphone is doing. But I don't have to take it out and I don't have to look at it and whatever. However, there are some times where you want to use a screen. And this is where it really kind of just got me, right? You hold out your hand in front of the device, okay? So like that. And it recognizes the hand. And then it'll use like a laser thing to display uh, an image on your hand of whatever it is that you want to do. So if you want to look at whatever the weather is or the time or wants to d- display a piece of information to you, boom, 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 boom. That's, that's what you do. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's the most Star Trek thing I have seen in the last few years. I, I, yeah, I think I, saw the, I think I saw the announcement clip you did. And I, I am going to say that it goes beyond that. Uh, wow. In terms of functionality, because if you look at what it responds to, uh, yep, you can tap it like a communicator badge. That's yes. fine. Again, it'll react to your voice. That's fine. It's got the laser display, which is way above and beyond. That that really is something special looking. Yeah. Um, and it, it also responds to gestures as well. Um, so, I mean, those are that, those are four input methods you know, uh, and it's got a few nice little things going on as well in that it's got a, a I think they call it a beacon light. Um, you know, one of the problems people have with smart devices that have cameras uh, is they're like, am I being filmed? You know, please don't point that thing at me. Um, it's sort of a combination of, a, you know, you're, something's being used, but but they, I think there's they've another light for, um, you know, incoming alerts and things like that. Uh, mm. Just anything to avoid having to to use a screen and I think it's mm. really clever. Um it's it's it is to smartphones what the I don't know the Amazon Echo is to maybe tablets at home or something like that, you know? Ah, but interesting, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's a difficult comparison to make because it's a new product category. And the last mm. time I was kind of this intrigued was when I saw the Apple Watch and I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here because smartwatches weren't new, but they were doing something different. Mm. Um, whereas now we have a new product category uh, to a certain extent, um, the idea of the personal digital assistant. But they, they, they also do something, um, they do two things that are quite interesting. Uh, one, uh, they don't have wake words. So uh, apparently the, the idea is, you know, we're not listening all the time. Mm. You are who you are kind of a thing, uh, which would be very Apple in its approach because Apple are always, you know, it's all on the device. We don't care. We don't want to know. And um, the other thing was there, this basically a, a sound cloud around you because there is a speaker um, and it can play it, you know, uh, basically construct a, a bubble around you where things are quite, uh, quite easy to listen to, or it can project and go mm. much, much louder. I thought that was really, really cool as well, because you'd be walking around, you'd be taking a call. Um, you know, you want to be able to actually hear what somebody is, you know, yeah. saying, uh, if you don't want to have, you know, uh, earbuds in or anything like that. Um, and there was, there was something else. Uh, oh yes. The, um, uh, translator 
Do you remember the translator? Oh, the translator is very good. Yes, where I can talk in uh, whatever English uh, and then it will automatically translate and put it out in its built-in speaker in mm. French or Spanish or wherever it is I'm on holidays. Uh, and then the person can reply to me and then it'll say it then in English so that I can hear it. Yeah, it's very Tower of Babel stuff. It's, it's great. Uh, like I see that I can see having a use for this. And it's reasonably uh, unobtrusive. I mean, it mm. is, you know, a little bit chunky. It looks like, actually, it looks like sort of a microphone attachment, like a contemporary microphone attachment. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of what it looks like. Um, the only thing, again, in the same way that I would worry about earbuds falling out, um, I mean, this thing attaches by magnets, like so you're not putting a pin through your clothes or anything like that. Um, so How I would strong just are be, they? How strong are they? they mm-hmm. Now, they do have an accessory mm-hmm. with a clip, uh, which I would be, um, I don't know, I'd, ha- I'd have to try it. But it's one of these mm-hmm. things that if you lose it, mm-hmm. holy God, what, what have you done to yourself? Well, listen, if you lose any smartphone uh, these days, it's like, holy God, what am I going to do? Uh, but there's two <laughs> very interesting uh, smartphones that are worth checking out. The uh, the Pixel 8 Pro, uh, which I was very impressed with, and the AI mm. Pin, which I'm very impressed with as well. Uh, just do a search for either of those. If you want to see the website directly for AI Pin, I love that website name is Humane, because that's the whole thing is about Humane, but it's yeah. hu.ma. .ne, whatever country yeah. that is. I don't know. Oh, important is. side note. Uh, hmm. They are only working with one mobile phone network in the States. Yes. With T-Mobile, that, that's what Which is, it. it reminded me of the Kindle, actually, a little bit. Whatever magic the Kindle uses. Um, so you can download stuff. Um, because the... You, you had a first generation Kindle with the SIM in it, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would work anywhere. Yeah it, yeah, it was just essentially a SIM card. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Uh, that was it. Anyways, listen, there we go. There's the two phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, check them out. Uh, Niall, uh, thanks for keeping us up to date. This is Tech Radio from techcentral.ie. Get every episode of Tech Radio by clicking follow on your podcast player right now. I did promise you at the start of the podcast uh, about a new way of getting into the tech industry if you're interested in it, because a lot of people might think that a career in technology starts with a bachelor's degree, but that actually doesn't have to be the case. There are other routes to finding your place in the tech sector. Peter Davitt is CEO of FIT, and he spoke with Niall Kitson about why colleges aren't the end all and how companies are coming around to the value of apprenticeships as a way of developing Ireland's talent pipeline. Peter, thanks for joining us on the show today. Now, in looking at the IT sector in general, we're hearing two things. Uh, we're hearing that this huge, there's this huge talent deficit But at the same time, we're looking at a a slightly problematic jobs market at the moment where there seems to be a talent surplus. So from your perspective, which is it? Morning, Niall. Uh, It's great to talk to you on this lovely uh, autumnal morning with the sun shining outside. Hope all the winter remains like this. Uh, Interesting question, Niall. I suppose from my perspective is uh, it depends on what talent or what skill sets that that you're talking about. I mean, the the tech sector, the ICT, the broader technology sectors, there are a very broad church of skills and, uh, and abilities, you know. Uh, uh, and like every aspect of our economy uh, are, are have ebbs and flows on occasion. And indeed, we're all learning, you know, 
living with the impact of, of the Ukraine war uh, on the global economy and having coming out of COVID. But overall, my, my perception of the tech sector is that the, 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 the demand is for technical talent, for technical skills, for technical competencies. Uh, uh, and that we're seeing, for example, within the tech apprenticeship uh, program, continuous growth. Uh, of our participating companies. So, the, I mean, the environment is challenging. And I think most companies, not just within the tech sector, but across the economy would say that at the moment. But I mean, I think I think there's there's green, de- very definite, you know, green shoots. To, there's very much optimism for the first and quarter, second quarter next year. And as I said, partially this is the, the ebb and flow and cycle of, of, of both national economy and, and global economies. So one of the main problems you're dealing with is fostering a talent pipeline in uh, a slightly um, unorthodox, I, I suppose, kind of way. And that starts with the perception that uh, technology um, professions begin in the colleges, which isn't necessarily something you agree with. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose people learn and develop in different ways, uh, and 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 has fostered their abilities by different means. But I think in Ireland, you know, there has been an obsession over uh, toward level qualification. It's been the sole and only route uh, to a career in tech and related sectors, and that has not been our experience. Uh, I mean, uh, it's true if people wish and have the have the appetite and interest to pursue a degree or master's program towards a career in tech or, or any other area, they should do so. But other people who don't uh, have that inkling or think in a different way, uh, uh, there is other paths uh, uh, into uh, the tech sector, and there's a growing desire for greater diverse inclusion within the tech sector. Uh, I think there's a misnomer in Ireland. You know, we have this glass wall between what we call further educational and vocational uh, uh, training and uh, higher education or third level uh, uh, education uh, at level six. But in reality, uh, third level education is a misnomer. The the proper definition of education qualifications in Ireland is, is tertiary education. So like any, any uh, post-secondary education course has a currency and credentials in the workplace. And young and not so young people should realise that. Uh, uh, so from our experience, yes, in the early days of FIT, where FIT is now 24 years in operation, we're an industry-led initiative uh, pr- promoting greater diversity and inclusion in the tech talent pipeline. Uh, uh, there was a, a sense, and indeed in, in, in the industry, that you know you must have a degree or a master's ideally to be considered, unless you've been working at home in some sort of technology way. And you know, but our experience has been, for example, if you look at look at the vendor certification out there that a lot of companies depend upon. Uh, uh, and you, you you compare it or, 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 uh, with the qualifications framework. Most of those vendor certifications would lie somewhere between a level five and level six award on uh, the qualification framework and not at necessarily a level seven and level eight. I mean, and the interesting thing I would, I would like to say to people, you know, uh, from a fit perspective, what we're always inter- interested in is it's the future potential rather than past history. You know, I mean, I myself, I work now in the tech sector. I've been working for the last quarter of a century. I started my journey as a bricklayer. And in some ways, that, that experience stayed with me, Niall, uh, as, as a real u- rich way of learning skills and skills development. Uh, uh, and, and when the opportunity came down to sort of bring into, into uh, existence uh, tech apprenticeships, uh, I was convinced that that was a way to bring a broader talent pipeline uh, to the attention of the tech sector. Uh, so, I mean, and the reality in Ireland is, you know, that we need to appreciate is, you know, uh, 
Uh, one of the few things shared equally in society is intelligence. Opportunity, not so much. You know, and our, our role within FIT has to be to enable and assist people on tap their latent potential. That latent potential that, that is in us all. We, like we can all, all dream and aspire, but we all need support and encouragement in different ways to realize our goals. And that's very much what FIT is trying to do with the pension program. So I don't know if you're aware, Niall, up until 2016, 17, in Ireland, we were a bit late coming to the party. In Ireland, we really only had uh, traditional trades uh, uh, as apprenticeships. We didn't necessarily have a modern apprenticeship. So, you know, we had your bricklayer, your plaster, electrician, et cetera, which are all fine trades. Uh, but we didn't have what I would call uh, modern apprenticeships. It's only since 2017-18 did we broaden out the portfolio of apprenticeships. And now there's apprenticeships in, in sales, in insurance, in butchery, and in an ones within within the uh, the tech arena, and currently we're delivering three apprenticeship programs: uh, network engineering, uh, cyber security, and software development. And the interesting the interesting thing about the journey, Nile, is uh, uh, as I say, we have this preoccupation at the sole route to a career in tech, or we, uh, uh, is a, a tour level qualification. Well, our experience has not is is, is is the contrary to that. If you take, for example, just taking our apprenticeship program alone, which is only one of our conduits into the tech sector, we for, we started our first tech apprenticeship program in two thousand and eighteen, and I think, as I said previously, maybe in an article, it was you know, the hoarders on the ditch were saying to me that you won't get an employer, a, a tech company, to put their hand in the pocket to fund somebody on a level six award. Well, we're now what five years down the road. Uh, we have over 700 apprentices uh, in, in companies, both large, large multinational companies, medium-sized enterprises, small indigenous companies, and in the public sector. We have over 700 apprentices currently have come through the program. Uh, uh, and the feedback from those employers about the caliber and quality of these people is quite amazing. Uh, and what we've seen with these companies is where they started with ones and twos, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try it out. We now have companies funding whole cohorts of apprentices. Uh, uh, and we have great diversity in terms of uh, female and male participation. So the great thing about the apprenticeship program for a lot of people, uh, like, you know, third level, and I, I, as my life meandered, but Donna done a, a degree and master's as I saw fit to support my, my role and my career development. But, you know, particularly from after leaving school, Tour level can be a costly um, reality for, for many, many people. And it can be, those costs can also be prohibitive uh, from others to participating uh, within that uh, style of education. But the reality and the great thing about the, the apprenticeship program is that it's an earn and learn opportunity, that you're employed by your employer from day one on the course, on the program. And you're, you're in their employ right through the apprenticeship program. And in over 90 Five percent of the places uh, employers are retaining those apprentices, and just the other thing to say is that the general retention rate in in on the apprenticeship program is over ninety uh, percent, uh, uh, which is which is tremendous. So what we are really doing here, and the good news for the tech companies is that we're broadening out the tech talent pipeline, uh, and uh, and we're adding to that that cohort of individuals, and we're giving them more varied skills as well. I mean, the other difference between the apprenticeship program uh, and, and other styles of learning is that you're immersed in it. 
you know, you do on-the-job block training and you do off-the-job and college train, training as well. But you're immersed on average, you know, between uh, 35 hours a week uh, for two years in uh, the related technologies. Uh, so for me, it's, a, it's a, listen, it's not for everybody, but I think it's an opportunity many should con- consider. And the other key thing about the apprenticeship program is it's not just for young people. And we have people who have left school and come directly onto the apprenticeship programs. But the average age, actually, of apprentices is somewhere in the region of, I would say, between 23 and 45. So, you know, people who may have started out in one career pathway and, have, you know, find it's not maybe providing them as rewarding as they would like or providing the income that they would wish. Uh, and they think they have any interest within, within uh, the tech arena. Uh, uh, I think they should genuinely consider looking at those uh, uh, apprenticeship programs and to see whether it might, might, might meet their interests and career aspirations. And the other thing about it, I'd say about the, the tech apprenticeship as well, and, and, and the tech sector, you know, particularly for, I think sometimes for, for more, greater female participation, there's a view that, you know, you, you're in a dark corner or cold and, or, you know, you, you know, the job is somewhat, that, that phrase, you know, nerdy or that, but actually there's such an array of opportunities. Uh, and, and skill requirements from project management to product management to, you know, creative skills uh, 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 um, uh, and technical skills. That there's such a variety of career opportunities. Uh, and most people in the tech sector are engaged and interact with other people on a continuous basis. So it's quite a social environment in which to work uh, also. One of the problems that I imagine you faced is that of dealing with companies that are, you know, not Irish, they're multinationals, they might have a very different approach to learning. Indeed, they might be entrenched in that sort of collegiate uh, mindset. Um, in dealing with multinationals, how have you found that relationship being? Did you find it very difficult to get, a, to get it across that, look, applied learning it can be the way to go? You know, it has to be run up the food chain to head office. I'm sure you've you've heard at a, a more than one uh, occasion. So, is there that sort of cultural um, something of a culture clash? I suppose when it comes to some companies and apprenticeships. Yeah, no, uh, great question, Noel. I suppose it's interesting that when I look back at our journey, you know, so as I say, we're 24 years on this road uh, to bring it to really to introduce apprenticeships. I suppose what, yeah, I think. There was a general sense, and there was a sense, you know, that the, that the, the the entry requirement, the criteria was uh, uh, was generally, uh, you know, a, a, a tour level qualification. But back in 2012, we and Fit decided to take do our own uh, industry skill needs analysis on a regular basis, and we developed our own methodology. And what we done was we took the tech sector and the the, the, the key disciplines within the tech sector, and we broke it into uh, uh, sub skill sets. And we had a conversation with, com- with companies. Where would they consider somebody at a, a, a at entry competent and advanced level? And by, by by having this survey with employers, we were able for, to 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 demonstrate, for example, that that actually they had a, a more broad swathe of talent requirements. Like that, for somebody, if somebody's doing like uh, you know uh, some as I say vendor certification, in reality that's a level five award. Uh, on the qualifications framework, and others would be level six. There's very few vendor certifications that would be beyond level six. And we were able to demonstrate to them that actually, you know, while you've got great comfort in the confidence of, of, of a third of a qualification as you know it, you have equal confidence in vendor certification. Yet these vendor certifications, these industry certifications, actually sit within FET vocational training 
uh, within the qualification qualifications framework. And uh, we've done that on on on, uh, on a number of events. We've done it on 2012, 2014, 2018. And more recently, we done one last year. And I suppose through that journey with employers, both large and small, the scales have fallen off the eyes. And they, uh, they've looked more closely at their own skill sets requirements and realized that actually they need a more diverse uh, range of skill sets that, and that they can be met from a variety of different uh, institutions and through a variety and a range of programs. So, uh, yes, there's been a journey of, uh, 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 of uh, say, crystallization there. Uh, uh, but they've walked that road with us. And I think the great thing that's been a great advantage for, for the evolution within, within uh, uh, attitudes towards uh, training within the tech-related sectors has been the, the rapid change and evolution of technologies. That, you know, you know, all certifications that existed five years ago, even you know, by the fact that they're there doesn't mean to say that they're relevant. That the, 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 tech, the tech sector, and you know, we see now AI and all the rest come into existence, you know, that the, the, the talent requirements evolve and change at a fairly fast pace. And actually, that's made, I think, the, set, the industry uh, more open. And I have actually seen, you're right, I remember some of the companies uh, when we first initiated the apprenticeship program couldn't actually, uh, uh, while they were supportive of the apprenticeship program, couldn't actually recruit an apprentice because their own entry criteria. Uh, uh, didn't allow for it and that their, their expectation was you had to have a degree and you had to have a master's. But I know many of those companies now have actually put aside those uh, entry criteria and have embraced the, 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 the tech apprenticeship pathway as a credible stream for recruitment, So, which is good news. Looking uh, at the issue of diversity, which you've brought up uh, a few times there, um, uh, how are you finding companies are tapping into FIT in order to meet those diversity goals and indeed the role of FIT in attracting more uh, women into technology roles. So, I mean, I, we're very keen. I mean, where I want to get, I mean, I think at the moment we're around, uh, when we look at our participation rates, I think we're around 35% female participation and the remainder male. I won't be happy until that's 50-50. And in fairness to the tech companies, they want that as well. And they want also greater socioeconomic diversity within their workforce as well. And I suppose well, to that end, I suppose, you know, FIT is a national initiative. We work with all of the ETBs across the country and our partners are also Solus and the National Apprenticeship Office. But our two critical, I suppose, partners I see are learners on one side and employers on the other side. Uh, um, and there's a great desire. I think sometimes, to be honest, we have to persuade uh, more women that, that it is a, 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 recru- uh, a career path that is you know, uh, open and interesting for them. Uh, there has been a stereotypical view that this is a, a male-dominated uh, uh, arena. But I think that's become less and less, and very much so in recent years. And I would encourage every young a, a woman, uh, uh, or not so young, you know, who's, as I say, who's con- uh, considered about their future career, that uh, has an interest, has even just a curiosity around IT. Go and explore the apprenticeship program. Go and look at the content. Because we, they not, we don't just do technical skills within our programs. There's also a huge uh, focus on personal professional development, uh, mindset, uh, 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 and resilience. So uh, the, 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 these, these programs provide a quilt of skills and competencies that enable people uh, uh, pursue careers, not just within the pure tech arena or ICT companies, but but further afield. 
And that was Peter Davitt, CEO of FIT, Fit, speaking with Niall Kitson. You can check out their website at fit.ie. This is Tech Radio. That's it for our show this week. Do check out some of the other stories online that we didn't quite have time to chat about in the podcast today, including the Institute of Physics getting the all clear to apply for CERN membership. National Broadband Ireland is passing another milestone for its network and a study is out looking to maximise wellness through the power of the sun. You'll find those and more online at techcentral.ie. We're back again next Friday, as always, on RT Radio 1 Extra. And of course, you can get new episodes of the podcast automatically by clicking follow on your podcast player. On to next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall Kitson, as always, thank you for listening and have a great weekend. Tech Radio is produced by DustPod.io. From me, Artemis, goodbye. Goodbye.